You know, of course, that love is not just a word. It's not just something you say. And it's also not just a feeling. You know this. You've heard it countless times that love is an action. That love is manifest in action. So, of course, it wells up within your heart and it sounds on your lips, but it also appears in your life as an action. So the one who says, I love you, but never does loving things, cannot really be said to love. The one who is full of emotions, who feels strongly for another person, but never shows that love in actions, cannot be said to truly love. That's important to say about love, and I think it's true generally for lots of things that are valuable, especially here in the church, that they are not just words or feelings, but they involve actions. And that's true of thanksgiving as well. Thanksgiving is not just a word, it's not just a feeling, but it is something that shows in actions, actions in your lives. The thing is, however, the actions that show thanksgiving, the actions of a grateful heart, are surprising. They're surprising. So I want to spend a little time talking about those actions tonight. And I've got a device to help us remember these actions. The first thing is this. These are all words that start with R. Okay? I have, I've done this before. R words. Okay? So first of all, Thanksgiving is not, it is not about repayment. Thanksgiving is not about repayment. Thanksgiving is about reception. And it is about right use and remembering. So I got four R words for you. It's not about repayment, but it is about reception, right use, and remembering. So let's break these apart just a little bit. First of all, you know this. I think this is pretty obvious, that Thanksgiving is not about repayment, although we revert to that instinctively. When someone does something kind and gracious for us, we think to ourselves things like, how can I ever repay you for what you've done to me? done for me. Of course, the problem is very simple, that a gift is just that. It's not meant to be repaid. A gift is not something for which something is required in return. That's a wage. A wage is something which you give labor for. St. Paul talks, us, talks to us about God's grace in this way. He says if it was something you deserve, something that you pay for, or something for which you owe repayment, then it wouldn't be grace at all. It wouldn't be a gift anymore. And you know that's true from your own experience in life. When you give a gift to somebody, sincerely, genuinely, you don't want them to repay you. Because, of course, if they do repay you, it spoils the gift. It spoils the fact that it was meant as graciousness. It was meant to be free. It was meant to be received without expecting anything in return. This goes sour in all kinds of ways because, of course, we don't always give gifts sincerely. Sometimes we give gifts and we wish that somebody would give us a little something in return, even just a thank you note, maybe, something to let me know that they appreciated it, something, some sort of repayment. Because we tend to think of the world as being driven mostly by economics, by exchanges. So there's no such thing as a free lunch. There's, no, really, there's not really such a thing as a free gift. That's how we tend to think about things. But of course, you know that it's not true. That repayment is not in the nature of a gift. Thanksgiving is not involving repayment. It spoils the gift that you've received. It also spoils your own gift giving. If you think that giving gifts is about receiving something in return, then you can't possibly give a good gift. 
So you've got to erase that from your mind. Thanksgiving is not about paying back. It's not about repayment, about returning to someone what they have done for you. But it is about these three other things. The first one is reception. And this is the most important. So the best way, the simply the best way to show gratitude for a gift is to receive it. Think about what it would look like to the contrary. If somebody gave you a gift and you rejected it, think about how clearly that shows your lack of gratitude. Now we have to think about this a little bit carefully because there's a difference between the kind of gifts that humans, that people give one another, and the kind of gifts we receive from God. So there's all kinds of ways that I could give a gift, say, to my wife, which she would have every reason to reject. And it wouldn't be because she's not grateful. So suppose I buy her a sweater and it's the wrong size. This is why gift receipts are great, right? I could buy her a sweater and it's the wrong size, and in rejecting the gift, she's not saying she's not grateful. She's just saying this wasn't the right gift for her. It wasn't what she needed. It wasn't good for her. Or suppose I have really bad taste, which I may, and I buy her a really ugly sweater. She doesn't have to wear it just to make me happy. She could to show her appreciation for my thoughtfulness. But rejecting the gift is not an appreciation. It's not rejecting my gift. She's, she's simply saying it wasn't a gift that was good for her. And this is in the nature of the kind of gifts that people give to each other. Sometimes we don't give good gifts. Sometimes we give things that are not necessary, not useful, not helpful. And in rejecting those gifts and taking the thing back to the store with the gift receipt, you're not saying that you're not grateful. You're simply saying that you appreciate the person's thought. You're thankful for their kindness, but it wasn't the right gift. This is very different from, of course, how God give, give, gives gifts to us. His gifts are always good. They're always the gifts that we need. They're always the right size. They're always in good taste. They're always what is beneficial for us. So it's much more like this. Rejecting a gift is much more like if I was a hungry person and somebody comes to that hungry person with food and that person says, no, I don't want your food. I don't want your help. This is actually how the people of Israel really behaved. We heard some of some reminder of what happened with the people of Israel in our lesson from Deuteronomy. God was there for them, feeding them in the wilderness, and how did they react to that gift that God gave them in the wilderness? They grumbled about it. They rejected his gift. They didn't want this bread, this manna, which came miraculously from heaven. They rejected it. And in rejecting the gift, in rejecting God's gracious provision, they showed the ingratitude in their hearts. But here's what's so surprising about this. Think about how the best way to show gratitude, the best way to show thanksgiving is simply by receiving gifts. It's simply by receiving the gift. So what does it mean for you to show your gratitude to God? It's simply this, that you receive what he has given to you. This is what Luther says in his explanation to the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Why do we pray that petition? Because, of course, God gives daily bread to everyone. Even without our prayers, he is such a gracious giver, we don't even have to ask him. And he gives us what we need before we could ask. But Luther says, we pray this petition, why? So that we may be reminded of the things God gives us, and so that we may receive them with thanksgiving. So that we may receive them and not reject them. So we may receive these good things, the material things that God gives us, our clothing, our shoes, and our food, and our drink, and our house, and our home, and we may not say about them, these aren't the things that I want, I want something different but so that we would receive them with thanksgiving. That's why we pray that petition. And that is how we show our gratitude. Very simply, by receiving the gift. And in fact, because of God's abundance, 
We have the great privilege, when God gives us things, of receiving again and again more and more. So consider forgiveness. How do you show your gratitude to God for the forgiveness that he has given you in Christ Jesus? You receive it. And then you receive it again. And you receive it more and more all the time. That is how you show your gratitude to God for his gifts. That's what Thanksgiving consists of. First of all, simply receiving. Simply receiving. But here's the second thing, the second R word that shows gratitude, and that is right use. So it's possible to receive a gift, not reject it, but then to use it for a completely different purpose than that which it was intended for. So if somebody gives me a nice box of chocolates for Valentine's Day and I use them as a doorstop, I'm not showing my gratitude for this gift, right? I don't understand what it was for and I'm not interested in using it for what it was for. The same thing is true of the people of Israel. So think again about the manna that they received to feed them in the wilderness. God gave them specific instructions. You're, co- you're to collect of this manna only what you need for one day. Don't collect more than that. He didn't want them to collect more than that because he wanted them to trust in him to provide daily for what they needed. So that manna was for eating and not for saving. It was for filling their stomachs, but not for storing up as a hedge against the future. And so when they collected more than they needed for one day, they were showing their ingratitude by not rightly using what God had given to them. I want to talk a little bit more about the right use of God's gifts. I'll do that a little bit later when I talk about the gifts in particular that God has given to us. But this is terribly important. It's possible to receive a gift, but to put it to some different use than that for which it was intended. And that is to show ingratitude. Here's the third R word. It's remembering. So you show thanksgiving by receiving gifts, by putting them to their right use, and by remembering. Remembering who it was that gave it to you. So imagine how hurtful it is, of course, if you give somebody a gift and then you show up to their house and here's this nice thing that they're using and you gave it to them and they've forgotten. They've forgotten that you're the one who gave it to them. Somebody gave this to me. I don't know who it was. Or I've had this forever. I don't know where it came from. It's to show a lack of gratitude to show a lack of thanksgiving. This was very important. God spoke this way to the people of Israel. He says in verse 2 of the lesson we heard, you shall remember, you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. You shall remember them. Why? So that you don't think those gifts belong to you by nature. So you don't think that the things that you have received are yours because you deserve them. So you don't think that you have made of yourselves what you are today. If you remember that everything you have and everything that you are has come from God, then you are brought to humility. You are humble before God, prepared to receive even more from him. Think of what it means if you forget that God has given you all the good things in your life. If you forget that he has given them to you, then you will not ask him for more. When you need things, you will not ask him. You will not pray Give us this day our daily bread. If you think that you have made yourself righteous and holy in God's eyes, if you think that you have made yourself perfect, instead of remembering that God has forgiven you your sins, when you sin again, what will you do? You will not go to God for forgiveness. Remember. Remember. And that's how you show your gratitude. You show your gratitude in these ways, by receiving the gifts, by putting them to their right use, and by remembering. This is what church is all about.
This is what the divine service, about studying God's word, about hearing his promises, this is what it is all about. Because we live in a world, and we are ourselves beset by sinful flesh, and we are assaulted by a devil, all of whom want us to forget what God has done for us. They want us to put God's good gifts to poor use, to abuse them, to use them for our own ends, our own gain. And most of all, the devil especially does not want us to receive them at all. Think about what the devil accomplishes if he gets you to stop receiving forgiveness because you don't think you need it, because you are not grateful for it. So be grateful. Show your gratitude in these ways, by receiving God's gifts, by putting them to right use, and by remembering. But let's talk specifically now about those gifts. What are the gifts that you have received from God? You have to think, first of all, about the gifts that we take for granted, the shoes on your feet, the clothing you wear, the roof over your head, the food on the table, the power in your electric outlets, everything that we use on a daily basis without thinking about it, those are all wonderful gifts from God that he gives to us whether or not we remember him. He gives them to everybody, even to all evil people. That is what a generous and giving God we have. And that is why it is fitting for us to take time as we pray the Lord's Prayer to remember what our daily bread is. But really, those gifts, that daily bread, as valuable as they are for this life, those things are but a trifle in comparison with the spiritual gifts that God has given us. You can see how valuable his spiritual gifts are in the cost, the cost, the price that he paid in giving them to us. You know how you feel if somebody spends a large sum on a Christmas present or a birthday present for you. You know how that makes you feel. Think of what a sum God paid to give you life and salvation to forgive your sins. That sum was nothing less than the life of his own son, the suffering and death of his own son. How precious is that gift? How precious? And how much should we show our gratitude simply in this way? By receiving it again and again. You receive it for the first time when you hear and believe, when you are washed clean by the water of baptism. You receive it then. And your whole life is then spent receiving it again and again. Here it is, poured out for you abundantly, overflowing, never running out, always more for you. Always more forgiveness, always more life, always more blessings in Christ Jesus, always more hope for the future, always more peace and comfort in the face of the sufferings of this life. Always more for you. Receive it again and again. And put it to good use. Put it to good use. Think about all of the things that you have in your life, the items of daily bread that belong to your life. What are they for? They are not simply for serving your own needs, for filling your body, for making you well and whole and safe. But they are for you to love, to love your neighbor. The things that you have in this life are given to you in order for you to love your neighbor, and so it is also true of the spiritual things that are given to you. You have been given forgiveness and new life and a new heart and salvation. Why? So that you can put it to good use. So that you can put it to good use in glorifying God and in serving your neighbor. That is how we show our gratitude. You were dead, but now you're alive. Now walk in newness of life, showing God's love to the people around you. So we have received from God all these material blessings and as well as spiritual blessings, but there's another blessing, another gift that God gives to us, which I want to just spend one more moment talking about because it's so surprising. 
It came up in our Old Testament lesson, in the lesson from Deuteronomy. And this is something that I think we, it bears repeating and it's worth us taking time to reflect on it and consider carefully. In our lesson from Deuteronomy, God says, Remember to the people of Israel, remember what I've done for you, how I brought you out of Egypt, and how I humbled you in the wilderness. Remember how I disciplined you, God says. As a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. As strange as it may sound, God's discipline, when he puts us through trials and tribulations, when he leads us into suffering, when he takes from us the things that we love, when he calls for us to trust in him in the face of a world that appears to be going into chaos, when he disciplines us in our flesh, it is a gift. He is training us for righteousness. He is training us for that life that he has redeemed us to live. He is training us for a life in the kingdom of heaven. And so, when you suffer, as St. James says, rejoice. When you suffer, count it all joy. Because that means that you have a heavenly Father who cares about you, who loves you, and wants to give you good things. If he didn't love you, he wouldn't discipline you. If he didn't love you, he would just let you be asleep in your sins, happy with this life, happy with the comforts and pleasures of this life. If he did not love you, he would make things great for you in this life, pleasant, so that you would never want to leave if he did not love you. But he loves you, and so he chastens you, and he disciplines you, and he calls you to repentance, and it is a gift which we should receive with thanksgiving, which means we do not grumble when he disciplines us, but we count it all joy. Which means that when he disciplines us, we take it as an opportunity to reflect, to repent. This is something that would benefit our nation right now. If looking at all of the trials that are happening on a national scale, if we took that as discipline and said, how can we receive this gift with thanksgiving, we would benefit tremendously. Our nation's not going to do that. It's not going to happen. But we can do that. We can receive the things that we suffer now as discipline from a Heavenly Father who loves us and thereas a gift, a gift meant for our good. So put it to good use. Repent and trust in him all the more, remembering that he has done it for your sake. The world has on offer for you all kinds of gifts, all kinds of things that it would love for you to receive with thanksgiving, but the world gets gifts and thanksgiving wrong from the outset. So when the world gives you things, it expects you to repay it expects you to give something in return. Or the world gives you things that are not good. Things that are not good for you. Not so with your Heavenly Father. He only ever gives you good gifts. And I want to leave you just with this vision of what God's gifts are intended for. This is the end of our lesson from Deuteronomy. Listen to how marvelous this sounds. This is what he means for you. Let us receive it with thanksgiving. He says, the Lord your God is bringing you to a good land. A land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs, flowing out in the valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates. A land of olive trees and honey. A land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing. A land in whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills you can dig copper. And you shall eat and be full. And you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. That land for you and me is not made of earth and stone, but it is a land in the kingdom of God, a land in the presence of God, where he promises to wipe away every tear from every eye, and that we will eat and be full of righteousness, 
forever. To him belong all honor and glory and thanksgiving, now and forever. Amen. Amen.